The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Wednesday morning and welcome to another edition, a hump day edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJXFM 93.1 with yours truly, Neville James on the mic. Yeah, I feeling good. Not me. Feeling good. The varsity. Played last night up in the Bronx. The boogie down. Beat the Cleveland Guardians 4-1. Took game one of the ALDS series. Best three out of five. And also um, New York Yankees run away. Um, all four uh, divisions actually started yesterday. Four divisional series started yesterday. Two in the National League. In the American League, the Dodgers. Want well, to give a shout out to Pedrito Estrell and all these hardcore Dodger fans over there and St. Thomas. They beat the Padres 5 to 3. The Padres, of course, is the team that knocked out the junior varsity. Uh, that's the New York Mets. That's the team that plays out in Queens, in City Field. So the Dodgers lead that series 1 to nothing. The Seattle Mariners, they were beating up on the Astros, and the Astros came back and it lasted in. Three run walk walk three run walk off home run. Snatched the heart out of the Mariners. So the Astros they won game one of their series. And the Philadelphia Phillies went down to Atlanta. They beat up on the Braves. Built a big lead and held on one seven to six. Astros won that game eight to seven, by the way, against the Mariners. So uh all those series are one to nothing. Two games today. The two um, National League teams, I believe, they're playing today. And then the two American League teams will play again tomorrow. And then, uh, you know, they'll work their way into the weekend. And uh, we'll see um, who moves on to the championship series, championship series for the respective leagues uh, to be played next week. Okay. So we want all Mets fans to know, right? That'll be uh, Peter Chapman, Tanya Singh, Zoe Zimmett. The list goes on and on. That um, the varsity, <laughs> right? Not the junior varsity, right? The varsity team, right, is holding things down uh, for the city of New York, okay? And we love all of y'all. Okay, all you Mets fans, you know, got love um, and wanted a Subway series, you know. That is what it is. Don't take it personal. Um, but there is room on the wagon. Okay, you can't get on the, on, the, on the number four or the D train. It makes a stop at 161st Street and River Avenue. As what Papa called Tanya Singh and let her know, you know, that uh, the number seven train that goes to uh, City Field, there's no need for that anymore until maybe April at the earliest, okay? And I'm just having some fun. Carlos McGregor, smile. They had us how they want for a long, long time, but we, 
we holding things down for New York City. Check this out. Um, we haven't heard from Lona Nichols in a long time. She's going to be calling in about 8.20. Tell us about the Waste Management Authority. And I've actually reached out to uh, my good friend Calvert White um, to see if he's available at 8.40 so we could talk some more sports. Because something happened with my Golden State Warriors team that I find absolutely reprehensible. And uh, I'm going to um, ask for Calvert White's perspective because he is a former professional basketball player. There was an altercation uh, with a player uh, last week. And uh, uh, we're going to... Okay, okay, well, now we got to... No, we got we got a I go call an audible. I go call an audible. We got um we got a candidate speak candidate coming on in a couple minutes. So I gonna have to call an audible with um Miss Lorna Nichols and Calvert White. Michael Charles, a candidate for Board of Education out of the St. Thomas District gonna be joining us in a little bit. So we're gonna do the candidate speak. All right, so I gonna ask um, Lana Nichols to help me out, and uh, we gonna set up a um, uh, another date. Okay, so let me send her a text message. Uh, let me send her a text message right now. Um. To let her know what's going on, I'll check. Uh, and set that up. Yeah, I apologize for that one. Okay? So, um, that's good. We got Board of Education uh, member uh, joining us. Uh, uh, we could talk Board of Education. Uh, St. Thomas. Because we had on three... The three candidates uh, a couple weeks ago. So um, we're going to work on that. Okay, so Michael Charles going to be joining us in a little bit. That's good. I know Frank Johnson, Senator Franklin Johnson, a.k.a. Frankie J, joining us in hour number two. So we got we got double dip today. We got double dip tomorrow as well. I believe we got Senator DeGraff uh, in hour number one. And the VLA Saro team in our number two. And then on Friday, we got double dip again. We got candidate Devin Carrington in our number one and Senator Marvin Blyden in our number two. Okay? So it's going to be hot and heavy as we get closer to D-Day, which is November the 8th. And um, T minus 27 days, man. Inside of four weeks now. Go check. So, antennas are going up. By the way, I got a text message uh, from my, my good friend, Miss Fox, at the um, election system 631. Early voters on Tuesday, which brings the total. To 1,560 for two days, so the average is 780 
right? 780 per day for the first two days. So if we multiply that, right, times 22, 22 times 780, 17,000. That's the, that's the pace they're at right now for early voting. I believe that's going to go back a little bit because in 2020, territory-wide, we had 18,130 voters. But you never know, right? The gubernatorial year in 2020 was not a gubernatorial year. And that's why you need to listen to this show, right, to get the analysis. By the way, if anybody see George Dudley, tell you Neville James, say good morning. I haven't spoken to Tony Dudley out of St. Thomas for a while, so I'm going to give my shout. Before we bring on the, the candidate... Um, the marketplace was okay yesterday, flat. The Dow was up 36.31 points, just over a tenth of a percent. 17 of the 30 blue chip stocks are gains. NASDAQ was down 1.10%. S&P was down 0.65%. And Russell, the Russell 2000 was up 610, I mean, uh, no, um, 6 hundredths of a percent, Okay. And nationally, uh, COVID, we didn't have any local numbers. I go reach out to Esther Ellis to see what's going on. I'm going to text her so she could text me. Let me know what's going on. Nationally, 8.7% positivity rate. Hospitalizations at 26,641. Okay? 39,126 cases on average for the last two weeks. Uh... 3,153 uh, ICU patients and average deaths is at 383. And I'm looking forward to talking with somebody from the Department of Health because we are looking at a uh, a potential winter wave with uh, COVID-19 cases, right? So, yeah. so I can go get my third booster shot sometime next week. Because I'm double boosted, need to get triple boosted and all that stuff. I mean, so so we got uh, Mr. Charles uh, has joined the chat as well as yet because we got um, candidate speak. So I believe we have um, candidate Michael Charles joining us here on the candidate speak. Hold on a second here. Um, the good candidate is candidate number three for Board of Education in the St. Thomas, St. John District. Good morning, Mr. Charles. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the candidate speak. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good. Who is Michael Charles? Uh, introduce yourself. Charles. Introduce yourself to the public and tell us why you are seeking a seat on the Virgin Islands Board of Education out of the District of Saint Thomas. Okay. So Michael Charles was born in Saint Thomas, um, educated in the Virgin Islands. I'm a graduate of the University of the Virgin Islands. Um, I have a Bachelor of Arts in English. Um, I'm also an author. Um, I have written, I wrote um, several papers, and uh, especially I've written one that's particular to St. Thomas called St. Thomas Virgin Islands English Creole, which is a lexical analysis of the words we use because, you know, people say, oh, St. Thomas can't talk. But that's not true. The way how we speak has a history. Um, um, I've been teaching in the territory for about uh, 10 years plus. <clears throat> Um, I have done training with NASA, uh, with uh, integrated um, reality and virtual reality. Um, I've been working with the University of Virgin Islands um, STEM Institute for several years. 
Um, that's who Michael Charles is. Um, I grew up in Savannah. Uh, like every other major candidate in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> um, basically, that's who Michael Charles is. And I'm a concerned educator. Not, I'm still in the classroom teaching. As a matter of fact, I took uh, leave to do this interview. So I'm a teacher. I'm young. I'm black. And I'm a male. You know, they always say, oh, we need men to stand up. We need men. So here it is. You have a young black man teaching, standing up, ready to serve. You know, it's in, it's in the public hands. That's who Michael Charles is. Now, let me ask this question. If you're successful, are you still allowed to be a teacher and a board member at the same time? Well, I don't teach in the public schools. Um, and with, with regards to, to that question that you asked, yeah. Uh, I have to dig a little deeper in that, but um, I don't teach in the public schools. I teach in private schools. Okay, okay, so okay. I think it'll work out in that way. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think you, you got the kana. I think you get over that one. So that uh, that that'd be that'd be good. Now you mentioned um, the greatness of Savan. Yes. Uh, um, and uh, so you, you're implying that there's something about. Savan in the Charlotte Amali area um, that has bred. That's a good term. Guys are has racing, man. So I'm going to use that term. That has uh-huh. bred all these great leaders um, over the over the years. Um, tell us a little bit about growing up itself, not just college. I went straight to college. You didn't tell me nothing about elementary, secondary, okay. and all that stuff. So let me tell you, right? So I grew up in Gillen Street 11, right? That's right up the hill. I used to go to Leonard Doba Elementary School. Mm-hmm. Everyone who listening could know exactly who I am, right? And I remember um, going to school, Leonard Doba Elementary School, walking along the hill from, you know, from Willing Street. Um, that's like right before the Denny Chalet, right down the hill there. Um, going to school, uh, teachers, I remember every for every season, every season uh, Christmas, we used to go into the Methodist church to do Christmas plays. Um, uh, for that's when the market, when um, we call it um, the um, food fair, mm-hmm. we at the market. So you know, I, I, I was telling someone the other day, I remember being in Dover Elementary School, and the food fair was in the market square, and our teachers would let us go. And we would walk right back in. We didn't need security. We didn't need police. We didn't need anything. We would come right back. You see? Um, I remember, like I said, doing Christmas plays in the Methodist Church. I remember Halloween. I remember Easter. We would have Easter egg hunts in the place, in the school. So for me, my earliest memories of education was good in that little Lenadoba Elementary School. Unfortunately, when I walk by now, it's a... Uh, you know, I don't know government offices or, or no. But, but let me ask this question: How many schools? Um, before we get into your into your your policy questions and all that stuff, how many schools they had in Savannah? Janie Twitt school in there in Savanto? Yeah, Janie Twitt, but I went Dover school. No, 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 no. I'm just asking. It's like a question. The, yes, the, yes. The Savannah area and and J. Yes. Antonio Jarvis school was in Savannah. No, that's not in Savannah. No, okay. Around like, like around the field. Around the field, okay, yeah, that's up. Around. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's up on that side. Okay, that's 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 in- that's interesting. Let me ask this question: um, You you teach in the private schools right now? 
Yeah, I've been, yes. I've, I've been teaching private schools for quite a while. And you're aware of the fact that um, the Board of Education um, has uh, purview over all schools territory-wide, not just public schools. That's right. Okay. So I just wanted to, 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 to put that uh, on the record. What, what, what do you believe is the, the, the biggest issue facing our children, not just public school children, but just children in general um, as it relates to education right now? Poverty. And when I say poverty, I mean not only uh, financially, but uh, our standards, just our social standards have dropped. Something as simple as, we, you know, we like to speak about our, we like to pride ourselves in saying good morning. Even that diminishing. So, and, and that is and that is that is affecting learning in your estimation. Yes, because learning begins at home, and if you are not taught your manners at home, when you meet someone, say hello, hi, good morning. How can you learn one plus one equals two? Or listen to any type of instruction. The first learn unit of learning begins at home. Is home with the family, and then you go into the school. But if the learning unit, which is the first one at home, is diminished or, or, or degraded, or how can you function in a system? I I I agree with you hundred percent. I I am a a staunch believer that um, a sound support system at home, um, in every aspect, not just in particular education, um, is where it starts, and uh, uh, we need to. Um, look at that uh, very, very, very seriously. By the way, one of my listeners, um, my audience is um, is actually the strength of the show. They had me to know Catholic school is in Savannah as well. And, uh, yes. And I and I just text him back and let him know. And Al Saints is up in Garden Street, and Garden Street is, is Savannah extended um, to, <laughs> to the east. You know what I mean? To the east a little bit. So. So that's what we had. The school is at the fringes. At the fringes, it is a free, correct. The periphery, the periphery. Since, since we talk, since we talk in education, we gonna use all these technical terms. The periphery, you know. what I'm saying what we gonna yeah. do is we take a break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk uh, curriculum, and we'll talk infrastructure for our schools uh, in the St. Thomas, St. John district. Even though the Board of Education is a Virgin Islands uh, board, uh, uh, as structured, we'll be back right after this. Okay. Good. banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com
The VI Energy Office and the University of the Virgin Islands Caribbean Green Technology Center are hosting the first VI Energy Fair. There will be outdoor live demonstrations, interactive workshops, and leaders from the community will be on site to discuss what the territory is doing to reduce energy costs. The fair will be held at the UVI campuses from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on St. Thomas on October 15th and on St. Croix on October 30th. For more information about the energy fair, cgtc-usvi.org forward slash energy dash fair. Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your sign up only. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot. Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter lives in Tutu, but walk all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting option too. Skip the line altogether on election day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign. Then pick any voting center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's, it's the, the right, right thing, thing to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands. back here and analyze this the candidate speak uh we got mr michael charles over there on saint thomas he is a candidate for the board of education in the saint thomas saint john district good morning candidate charles good morning good morning good morning okay good so let's talk um some of the realities that um exist here in the territory on the saint thomas saint john side as relates to education this particular um portion of our interview um, which is a, a three-part portion, 10 minutes for start, 20 minutes in the middle, and then 10 minutes on the back end, right? Um, okay. Let's focus on curriculum and infrastructure. Where are we as a people in the St. Thomas, St. John District as it relates to the infrastructure for our children in the St. Thomas, St. John District where education is concerned? Well, with regards to the infrastructure, if you... There's, if you, the schools, you know, I don't mean to say like this, but the, if you well, if you look at the schools from the highway when you drive by, you you get a good idea. When I look at Charlotte Mali, nothing has changed. Uh, the other day, I walked through Charlotte Mali, and it feels like I was back in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Um, the infrastructure is horrible. Um, I don't see any signs around saying good morning, hey, have a great day. Um, you are number one. You understand what I'm saying? Um, let's do it together. You know, what we call um, like in-school therapy for motivation and stuff like that. So uh, I was at Yudurkin at one point and I stepped into the bathroom, the bathrooms, and it was like, it was solid steel and concrete. When I say that, I mean figuratively, you know, the, 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 even the color of the paint is depressing. 
And you know, colors affect human beings psychologically, you know? So the infrastructure is, is damaging to the students. If, if you were to give it a grade on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being excellent and 1 being poor, what would be your grade? I will give it 5 because it provides shelter from rain. So that's pretty much the only purpose it provided now in your estimation? And hurricanes. That they got a roof? Yes. And when it comes to, to, to housing, you see, a student is much more than just the building. Developing a human being psychologically and physically, they are visual, especially in these days where we have, where we have our students being co-parented by social media, right? They're visual learners, right? That's what we always say, oh, my child is a visual learner. Okay. Visually, those schools are depressing. You see? And, where, and, and people like to say, where's the money? Now, you mentioned two high schools. What about our junior high schools and our elementary schools? Well, one, uh, well, one of our junior high school magically dis disappeared after the hurricanes. And um, they have another one that set uh, border school by Bovoni. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, one time I was, uh, I, the first time I've been in uh, the border, border school was for a Man Up conference. Uh, UVA had this thing called Man Up. Yeah, I'm familiar, I'm familiar with that, out. yeah. Yeah, I took my students out there. And let me tell you, the weight of the doors had me scared. And I said to myself, students have to be in classrooms with doors this heavy. What, what are we doing? Are we conditioning children for prisons? Or, or, or are we, or, or, or do we want conditioned children for success and to be, you know, um, productive citizens in the world. Are we building schools? Just just throwing up something and say, hey, that's a school, we got it. That, that, that's how I feel about the structure, the infrastructure, the schools. Now, what about elementary schools? Elementary schools still, I, I, I like the elementary school. Um, uh, I, I, one elementary school I look at every day, um, it, like I say, it has the same, you know, but the elementary schools, a lot of elementary schools are, they still have a, a spirited feeling to them. I guess it's because it's elementary, the teachers have to put out a little bit more. Uh, but again, the, the, these, these, it might sound odd, but these building materials, these solid steel and concrete, doors, these heavy doors, you know, it makes a difference in the psyche of a human being. You know, so the elementary schools are good. I love the elementary schools in the Virgin. I think they are very, they're very good. They're doing good, a good job. So you think so, so? based on your, based on your, your, your research and um, your due diligence, um, our 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 problems begin, for the most part, at the junior high school levels. Yes. Elaborate on that, if you will. Um, I have majority of the students that go in the junior to the junior high school in the Virgin Islands, that's where they drop out. I spoke to someone the other day uh, with a, that has a child and she said, you know, I drop out of school in ninth grade. I have seen that the, 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 the issues begin with the middle schools in the Virgin Islands. The middle schools is a problem for my observations. You know, even when I was younger, I wanted to go to Borta or Cangre. 
And my mother was like, never, <laughs> you know? And as I got older, I, say, I said to myself, I understand why. This is where that middle school is where, it, that, to me, that's the most vital area. That's the area we should be concentrating on the most. Hormones are kicking in. Um, students become, become confused. Um, they don't, you know, they, they, they're looking for direction. And um, when they go to school, they deal with frustrated. That's where uh, the middle schools have the most students in the Virgin Islands. People, right now, I'm teaching middle school. Um, teaching middle schoolers can be frustrating. And if you got to deal with 150 of them every day that come from these that damaged households, it's, it's, it's a mess. What what about um, our our uh, educators and our administrators? I know the, the primary focus are our children, but shouldn't we also be focusing on the well-being of our teachers and our principals um, so that they could be of as clear a mind as possible while uh, they are providing this critical part um, of, of someone's um, early learning and... and, and, and uh, as they mature into young men and women? Yes, and that's one of the things I plan to address. If given a chance to be on the board, um, teacher welfare. When I say that, I mean teachers in the Virgin Islands are burnt out. There's a, there's a real psychological uh, illness called teacher burnout, where the teachers become depressed, they lose weight, they can't sleep, they don't eat, it's called teacher burnout. It's real. And the teachers in the Virgin Islands are burnt out. And because um, of because of because of the amount of pressure that being placed on them mm -hmm. by lazy narcissistic administrators. Wow. Okay. The teachers is the prob the reason why the children can't learn. The teachers is the reason why the children get low grades. The teachers is the reason why the children come to school hungry. The and so on and so forth. There's no welfare for the teachers. The teachers are the foot soldiers in the schools. When something happens, go speak to the teacher. The administrator say, oh, go speak to the teacher. It's the teacher's fault. And then on top of that, the teacher has to be evaluated. Okay? And if that teacher is burnt out, the teacher burnout occurs between the, the four, between after five years or more, a teacher can be burnt out. That's real. But, and it, then but, but isn't the reality isn't the reality of the school structure that the, the teachers are the conduits between the students and the administrators? That's just a that's just a inherent reality yeah. of, of how school a school system is structured. Yes, and if you have a burnt out teacher. What, what, what type of relationship are you going to have there? And then the teachers have to pay rent, then they have to deal with the children, then they have to, most teachers in the Virgin Islands, when I was growing up, I saw them working for like a Pueblo, and I was like, what am I teacher doing here? And then they have to come to school and deal with administrators that are evaluating them based off of some standard question, um, you know, they came, that came standard from the United States. So one of the things that should be addressed is teacher burnout. These teachers are burnt out. Okay, so the teachers need help. They need they need more incentives. They need packages. They need 
um, that, that they need, number one, they need f- a financial boost. That's the bottom line for everything. Everyone needs that money. So you're in, right? you're in support of, of increased pay for our teachers? Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. So and I'll like, tell you something, right? So, somebody, not- somebody just woke up in the middle of an interview. I like that. I like that. Your, your decibel levels went to a new level. I like that. I like what that. should we... Can, can I ask, um, Mr. Um, why should we debate giving teachers a raise? We, there, teachers... There is no... Excuse me, sir. There is no debate. Oh. So, <laughs> did, did they get... The, have, did they get another raise? No, no, I, no, no. I'm just saying... Um, oh. uh, in speaking no. to me, rhetorically, you and I are on the oh, same no, page. No. There is oh. no debate. Yeah. No, no. When I say that, I don't mean you like me and you. Yeah. I mean, like in in general. Sorry about. I, I mean in general, right? Oh no, no, no. I, 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 I think I think it's a, it's universally accepted across the board that the yes, yes, that, yes, that, yes, that, yes. That, that teachers are underpaid. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we agree. With I, that. But 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 you mentioned something that I want to to, to dovetail to. You said about um, American standards, right? And and that yes. is about curriculum that you're talking about. What are the big needs from a curriculum standpoint? Um, and what are the areas that you will be in support of as it relates to our current curriculum here in with respect to education in the Virgin Islands? Yes. Um, one of the things that I would, uh, first of all, first of all, I will fight to the, to the, to the end to make sure that Virgin Islands history taught in the Virgin Islands. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, even if I have to come and pay my own money in the radio to talk about it, I, it's not right that we should be alienated to our own history. Okay. No matter where you go in the world. I was in Ethiopia, Africa last year. Right. And from the time you hit the airport, you know Ethiopian history after you leave. Why are we in the Virgin Islands facing? Why is it even a debate about our history? You know? First, um, with the curriculum, standards must be raised in literature, science, and math. Okay. That's the basics. Mm-hmm. This we, Right now, the public schools use Common Core, and I'm familiar with Common Core, and Common Core is, is a remedial um, curriculum. So you, you are not an advocate? You're not a supporter of Common Core? No. Okay. Well, I, I've been, I use Common Core, I'm familiar with Common Core. We can use components of Common Core, we can use it to set up a structure, but with regards to what, um, what's, necess- what's uh, necessary to graduate or to move on to an experience for literature, science, and math and literature. You, but, you, but, be, but you refer to it as, as, as remedial, um, and re- remedial is what it is. Um, Remedial means that you're actually stepping backward to try to come forward. Um, what is it about Common Core that makes it remedial in your estimation? Okay, for example, uh, so in less than, in eighth grade, uh, students are required to learn how to write a basic uh, expository essay, explain, an essay that explains a subject or a topic, right? Um, in Common Core, they take an essay and they would break it down in paragraphs and it's so watered down. Like in my class, I would teach from an expository essay to a narrative essay in between August and December, my students would know the four types of essays. 
expository, narrative, right? And so on and so forth. In Common Core, they would take one type of essay. Mm-hmm. It would break it down so it would last almost a whole year or half of a year. You learn how to do one type of essay. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. When in my class, when I teach, between when school begins, August to December, you learn all four types of essays. You know, that's just an example. And and you learn the parts, the components, how to do, and you write. You know, so in, in this kind of common core education, you write one paragraph, one paragraph, right? Mm-hmm. In my class, you write in the part, as soon as you learn it, you write in the paragraph. You know, you get a descriptive essay. You, I take a, a painting and I say, hey, this is what you use. You use angles, numbers, shapes, colors, sizes to describe something. And this is only two weeks. The students write an essay in two weeks describing a painting. I take a step. You know, so in common code, that doesn't occur. They will take one essay and break it down over a course of four or five months, which is retarding the student. Wow. Let, let me ask you this this question that we ask all candidates. Do you believe that the Board of Education should have the ability to hire superintendents in respective districts? Yes. Okay. Yes. In the respect yes, in the respective districts, yes. Okay, good. Sure. That, 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 you, that answer is pretty much uniform across the board with the other three uh candidates that we've spoken to here on the St. Croix side. Um, we're talking with um, candidate uh, Michael Charles, number three. You are seeking a seat on the vo- Board of Education as a registered? Uh, Republican. You ran as a Republican. Okay. Okay, good. So we got Republican candidate here for Board of Education, uh, St. Thomas, St. John uh, District. Um, what are we going to do? Uh, we're going to take a break, right? Uh, when we come back, um, we're going to focus a little bit on St. John. Because St. John is a part of the St. Thomas, St. John District. I know the main focus is the island of St. Thomas. But we're going to focus on St. John to ask the candidate if he's done any due diligence uh, with respect to education on uh, Love City. And, of course, um, their situation um, is even more unique now than it was before because Guy Benjamin School no longer exists over on the eastern end of the island. So we got candidate Michael Charles here on the Candidate Speak. Joining us, what we'll do is we'll take a break and we'll be back uh, right after this. El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. 
Puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021. Y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! Democracy Now! features ideas and voices from some of the best minds of this generation and previous ones, including activists, muckrakers, visionaries, artists, risk-takers, academics, and just folks, as in the most just folks, who share a commitment to truth, democracy, justice, diversity, equality, and peace. Catch Democracy Now! weekdays at 11 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. You know, I grew up hearing that women are bad with money. But like many of you, I spent years paying bills, managing checking accounts, and taking care of my family. So, turns out, women are pretty good with money after all. And now, I'm taking control of my financial future by saving for retirement. It's never too late to start, and there's a great website to help you. Check out WeSaySaveIt.org and jumpstart your retirement savings on your budget and your timeline. That's WeSaySaveIt.org, brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Now we're back here and analyze this, and we've got candidate Michael Charles, number three, um, a Republican candidate for the Board of Education in the St. Thomas, St. John District, joining us this morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Okay, good. Mr. Charles, Mr. Charles, what prompted you to feel the need to seek membership on the Virgin Islands Board of Education at this time uh, in your life here in the Virgin Islands? I decided to run for the Board of Education at this time because I have solid teaching experience um, right now I'm at this point in my life. Um, I'm well traveled, so I'm able to compare uh, schools, uh, systems, and to what's happening in the Virgin Islands. And I, you know, I'm I'm old enough now to remember when things were a little better to now. Uh, so me running for the board of education is personal. I said, you know, I could go in. I can go in there. I can contribute something. I'm currently an educator. I'm not just looking to be a part of a member of a board, so something I'm passionate about, so that, that's why I decided to do it now. One of the things that we, we, we take near and dear uh, here and analyze this is making sure that St. John is always included uh, in the conversation, even though, you know, I, I exist on St. Croix and all that stuff, we always want to make sure St. John and to a lesser extent Water Island is looked out for. We aren't, there aren't any, any schools on Water Island. But the Julia Sprout School exists on St. John. Have you done any due diligence with respect to education on St. John, sir? Yes, um, I, I look at I looked at uh, the Guy Benjamin School mm -hmm. that closed in 2015, right? Correct. About that, yes. And I was looking at because I'm interested in 
um, um, statistics with regards to student performance. You know, uh, how were the students performing with class size or so on and so forth. And you know, I, I uh, came across something that's very interesting that uh, compared to schools on St. Thomas, the, uh, with, with, regards, with mat regards to mathematics, the guy Benjamin's students were performing 80 and 89% higher than uh, Virginia and um, then St. Thomas and St. Croix, who were, who were like 53% less. Uh, you know, they were like at 53% when it came to um, performance scores. And that's in 2013 and 2014. And when it came to reading proficiency and language arts, they were at 70 to 79%. And the Virgin Islands was at 48%. So these small class sizes worked in Sydney. And Guy Benjamin had 55 students total. You know, so that's one thing I looked into. So, um, St. John needs to have a high school over there. There's, they can some you know, um, a middle to high school over there. I know there's Gift Hill, which is an independent school, but um, I don't think everyone can afford to do to go to an independent school. So, public school over there is necessary uh, for sure. Yeah, I know um, the Gift Hill School exists over there around St. John, um, along uh, with the Julius. Uh, Spro School uh, in in Cruz Bay, and we've had students who have had to uh, catch a ferry um, to to go to Eudora Ken. For those who uh, attend public schools uh, while residing in St. John, and in some instances, for those who go to Catholic school, they go up even early because um, Catholic school is located in downtown Shaltamali or parochial schools. Yeah, in downtown Shaltamali, um, as well as uh that uh, the previously mentioned um our same school um so our children in St. John we need to look out for them a little bit more maybe a lot more yes. a lot more okay 100% okay and that's that, that, that that's okay I, I don't see a, what, what was the, what, the okay what what the, what, the, the funds are there yeah yeah hmm? go ahead now go ahead they, they can build. They don't have to. They don't have to be like two separate schools. They could build a school that's six to twelve grade. You know, a public school. Okay. What well, What is your take on um, um, athletics in our schools and and what we could do to 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 encourage those who are athletically inclined um, to to continue to to get involved in athletics while being good student athletes? My personal belief, athletics is valuable when it comes to teaching students camaraderie and patience and um, how to work with you know, their fellow classmates. Uh, and it's also valuable for uh, um, physical fitness and health. Um, so to encourage us when, when it comes to encouraging this, I think athletes are self-motivated. That's why they're there. Uh, not every student is an athlete. And that's, you know, students, not everyone likes basketball or volleyball. But as long as they're there, we should make them feel like they are number one. But they are number one in the school. You know, make them feel special. Um, 
have days to celebrate them, you know? So, because um, athleticism is, is uh, unique. So, um, yeah, we should celebrate that. And we should encourage the athletes more to, to focus also on their academics, not just their working out and playing the sport, but their academics is equally important as their sport, you know? Because not every athlete in school is going to get drafted to the NBA or the NFL. They need something to fall back on. So tell them, hey, these academics are athletics too, just mental athletics, you know? And reward them. You know, everyone likes to be rewarded. Uh, students like to be rewarded, even if it's a pack of cookies. <laughs> you know, everyone likes to be rewarded, you know? So that'd be good. So we should encourage them and give them tutoring and, 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 and help them um, counseling. That's what I feel about it. That, 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 that's, that's, that's awesome. Let, let, let me ask you this question. Um, if you are successful, um, you're becoming a, a member of a Virgin Islands body, right? The Virgin Islands Board of, of edu Education. Are you, are you committed to, to, to working with your fellow uh, board members to arriving at consensus? Because one of the things um, that we have to factor in, legislature or, or any other board, is that you're dealing with different personalities and you have to have the ability to adapt and, and, and show patience and respect others. Speak a little bit about wanting to make that commitment um, for the greater good. I am 100% committed to working with anyone that wants to make the, the situation in the Virgin Islands school system better. And I'm also 100% committed to um, dealing just uh, rightfully with anyone that's not doing what they're supposed to do. So I work with anyone anyone any every board member that's there because i'm a sintomian i'm a young black man i work with anyone there party politics aside as long as it's for the benefit of the children of the virgin anything outside of that i'll be on your radio show every week speaking about it okay that's well. that's what's um, candidate Michael Charles, number three, Republican candidate for the Board of Education. You have a minute and a half to uh, tell the people why they should consider you to be a member of the next Virgin Islands Board of Education. The floor is yours. Yes, so progress. We need the schools. There needs to be improvement in education. Progress. I will be your ears and eyes and mouthpiece on the Board of Education. And you control the future by giving me that vote, number three. You control the future. This is a chance to, to decide to do good for the children of the Virgin Islands. Not only for the children, but for the future of the Virgin Islands. The power's in your hands. So push number three, unless make that change thank you thank That's you very, thank you very much mr michael charles for joining us on the candidate speak um looking forward um to seeing what takes place uh over the next uh 27 days because early voting has started on monday and uh, we'll see what transpires good luck with the campaign sir 
Thank you, sir. You got it. That's Michael Thank Charles. Thank you very much. That's Michael Charles, um, Republican candidate for the Board of Education, joining us here on the candidate uh, speak. It's my understanding that we got, um, uh, we still should, uh, do we have Mr. Calvert-White uh, on the line? Oh, he, he left already? Um, that was, I was uh, texting him to, to let him know that uh, um, we would be ready. Um, um uh, to talk with him, so look out for uh, to see if he calls back uh, there. Um, so we got um, one candidate for board of education uh, in the books. So let me um, put my little asterisk next to that. We've already spoken to all three candidates on the St. Croix side, and we have Miss um, Judy Gomez and Ira Lockhart are the other two board of education candidates that we're looking at. Uh, hopefully, to get on the candidate speak. Um, before uh, election day. And of course, you know, we are in the early voting window. And um, encouraging everybody, you know, for those who, um, you know, are interested uh, in voting, right? Of course, you know, we can't force you to do anything. But we want you to participate in the process. That's your inalienable right, right? If you don't want to wait until November the 8th, you go early vote. Okay? Five different locations. Territory-wide, one in St. John, two in St. Thomas, and two on St. Croix. We have early voting centers now. So you can go to any uh, voting center where you live, on the island that you live at. It's not, you're not mandated to go to a specific uh, voting center. Okay? You can vote uh, if you live in Bordeaux. Right, Bodo, and you walk out on the eastern side of the island, you could vote out there. You don't have to vote down by uh, uh, the uh, election system office, okay? So, things of that nature. So, please uh, take advantage of that um, opportunity. Uh, early voting has been in effect now for eight years. This is the fifth election cycle um, that um, we've had early voting. And um, you got to take a van now. So you're probably saying, well, wait a minute, he said eight years. But the fifth is supposed to be eight years and four. No. Actually, it started in 14. So we got 14, 16, 18, 20, and 22. Okay? So that's why this is the fifth election cycle that we've had uh, early voting. So my Sibley Brown has joined us here in the studio. Good morning, Summer. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I am fine. Happy to see you. Yeah, man. Same here, man. Everything all right? Everything is great. Okay, good. We got Frankie Johnson, Sandra Johnson coming on uh, to join us uh, in uh, our uh, number two. Uh, looking forward to uh, having that discussion with the freshman center. Always excited to have a discussion with anybody running for office this time of year. Um, wanting to hear what they're up to, what his next set of plans is, mm -hmm. um, what his experience was like as a freshman senator. Well, he, uh, there's one question I definitely going to ask um, Senator Johnson because um, he had some issues with the leadership. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So uh, I'm going to ask him uh, about that. And of course, you know, he was a, a first term senator. So I, I tend to look at uh, freshman centers or grade freshman centers a little bit differently from those who have had experience um, before that. Even though the public ain't want to hear that, they like you to they like you to produce, regardless of if it's a freshman or a seasoned veteran. But 
in reality, uh, there is a learning curve for everybody. I don't care how good you are. So I have a question uh -huh. um, from your experience sitting in the legislature. Mm -hmm. What role does the leadership play in the function of it and what you feel, you know, you, don't, you when you share with me and the audience, we talk about the percent vote an individual senator has on the, the way the body performs or the mm -hmm. consensus you have to seek. Mm -hmm. What does the leadership um, in the legislature con contribute to that, if anything? The leadership sets the agenda. That's, that's really what the leadership is about. And the, the leadership, right, one of the things that I believe um, leaders are, are supposed to exude is a greater level of maturity. Um, um, the 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 legislature work is a deliberative body. I was going to say we, right? <laughs> I have to correct myself, right? It is a deliberative body, and from time to time, emotions run high. And um, good leaders, right, have the ability to listen, and more importantly, to calm people down. You know what I'm saying? Um, but setting the agenda, there's an administrative role for the president. As a as an officer, mm -hmm. um, the vice president, you know he 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 or she, you know they are second in command, um, more ceremonial than anything else, and stepping in when they're stepping in when the when the when the president is in there. The secretary actually has more administrative responsibilities than the vice president because clearly secretaries are signing legislation along uh, with the. Um, president and then a the majority leader you know his job is to keep the caucus together you know so everybody has specific roles um but more than anything else if you're an officer um you're looked at you know to provide uh, leadership and that's what it's all about leadership within the body because as a senator you're expected to provide leadership to begin with but within the body that's what um that's what officers do um so as I will say, as um, an observer, and I was well, I wasn't much younger then, but I've seen legislators that had seemed really chaotic, and I had seen legislator legislative. Um, we gonna take a break. Great, that's all. Pick that up when you come back. Okay, analyze this. Hump Day Wednesday. We'll take a break. Be back with the Kansas Speak. The Summer Simply Bounce here. Expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.